It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, December 1st, 2022. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. The wreck of its processing barge in Bristol Bay two years ago could have been the end of the newly formed Northline Seafoods, but the Sitka-based operation is planning a comeback in a big way. On Wednesday, Northline announced it had received a $40 million food supply chain loan to not only rebuild its floating processor, but also to reinvent the industry in the bay. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The pictures from the wreck of Northline's SN3 processing barge are not pretty. The 150-foot vessel began service in southeast Alaska as a platform for helicopter logging with an upper deck originally designed for aircraft. That superstructure collapsed when the SN3's anchor buoy parted in a September gale in 2020, and 80-mile-per-hour winds blew it ashore in Bristol Bay, not far from Ecook. The six crew aboard escaped unharmed, but the $7 million barge was a crumpled pile of twisted metal and in the hands of salvagers and insurance agents. Northline CEO Ben Blakey says the loss of the SN3 was also a turning point and a chance to rethink the company's model, which is to have a floating processor available closer to the fleet and spare them the long run from the fishing grounds to shore-based processors in Naknek. The SN3 was innovative, but it wasn't perfect. We had to ship using the traditional methods of freeze containers. Um, you know, that increases cost. It's very inefficient. And, you know, there's, there's snags and snarls along, you know, along the path from Alaska to Seattle. So this new barge will actually integrate the freezing process, you know, buying fish from fishermen, freezing them. We'll store them on board and then um, ship the entire vessel or tow the entire vessel to the Pacific Northwest um, in the in the winter months where they'll be distributed. So it's kind of a way to you know cut out cold storage, cut out shipping, and kind of take it all in-house and consolidate it. With $40 million now in hand from a U.S. Department of Agriculture food supply chain loan, plus another $22 million in financing from a company called Greater Commercial Lending and a Seattle investment banking firm, Zachary Scott, Northline is literally doing what President Biden's infrastructure bill suggests and building back better, or at least bigger. The new processor, the HANA, will be three times larger than the SN3, but like its predecessor, the HANA will also be a repurposed vessel, in this case, a massive container barge. It had been shipping um, containers between, I believe, Florida and uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands. So um, it, it, it's, it's older. It was built in the, in the late 90s, but it has a lot of life left, and it's large. It's you know 400 feet by 100 feet wide. Um, which is substantially lo- uh, larger than the, the last barge that we rebuilt. Blakey says that even before the SN3 was wrecked, Northline was looking for ways to improve its model of flash-freezing fish in the round and shipping them directly to markets for processing. Initially, the idea was to build another barge for storage and shipping to tie alongside the SN3. After the accident, Blakey credits the company's chief technical officer, Drew Cohen, for coming up with the all-in-one concept behind the HANA. Northline believes that doing more with less is a winning formula for the industry. It's certainly a question of efficiency. So the, the original platform was designed to operate with a smaller labor footprint, um, which it certainly, which we did. So we were able to freeze a couple hundred thousand pounds a day with a fraction of what you would typically use to do, you know, to freeze 200,000 pounds 
a day of headed and gutted fish. So we're we're incorporating that. But then in addition, this this platform is different in that since we're adding in the shipping component and the storage component, we're kind of ex, uh, expanding our savings and you know hope to use those savings to you know both improve the market and quality, but also you know, pay fishermen a better price. The Hanna is being towed from the Gulf of Mexico to Bellingham, and construction will begin in January. The vessel will house about 75 processors and engineers, but most of its volume, 80%, will be cold storage. Once on the grounds, the Hanna will hold 14 million pounds of Bristol Bay sockeye, an awesome tribute for whoever the real Hannah is. It's not the name of my wife or anyone else's wife that I'm aware of, but it's, uh, it is a name that's important to one of our investors. And also, um, as I understand it, it was the, first, uh, the name of the first ship in the U.S. Navy um, commissioned in the late 1700s. Although the Hannah will be built in Bellingham, Blakey says that Northline's offices and brain trust will remain in Sitka. The company plans to have the barge ready to enter service for the 2024 fishing season. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. A former Alaska couple has been ordered to pay nearly $1.5 million for taking money from a Yakutat elder. Coast Alaska's Angela Denning reports. A decade ago, former Tanana Superintendent of Schools Carla Sigler and her husband Vernon James Sigler approached a friend with a big ask. The couple wanted a quarter of a million dollars to put towards Carla's retirement. Their friend, 86-year-old Yakutat elder Neva Ogle, agreed to lend the Siglers the money. They were all living in Yakutat at the time and knew each other well. In a handshake deal, Ogle wrote the couple a check. The Siglers started repaying Ogle $1,000 a month. A year or so later, Ogle approached them in an attempt to get the money back. But they asked for more. They told Ogle that the quarter million wasn't enough and that they needed another 50000 the Siglers later cashed a check for 450000 that they said in court was a gift. But Ogle hadn't written it. The state later presented evidence that it was Carla Sigler who wrote the check, even though Ogle signed it. That's according to Beth Goldstein, an attorney with the state's Office of Public Advocacy. So when it comes down to it, what we learned throughout this lawsuit was that these individuals, the Siglers, they took 63% of all of the assets that Neva had on hand, not counting her house. Shortly after receiving the second check, the Siglers moved from Yakutat to Bosque County, Texas, where they purchased a five-bedroom house with a swimming pool, all with Ogle's money. Carla Sigler was elected Bosque County Treasurer in 2016. Goldstein says the couple had made Ogle many promises. They would pay her back when they sold the auto business. They'd pay her back when they sold. They had a house in Fairbanks. They had a house in Yakutat. Neva received no funds from any of the sales of these things. When Ogle was 88, about a year later, she went to the local police in Yakutat, who recorded her. She told officers that the checks were loans that she wanted to get back. She wanted her heirs to have something when she was gone. Goldstein says this police recording was vital to the case. The Yakutak Police Department was instrumental in finding this recording. And even though none of the officers were currently with the department anymore, they did come back and testify for us. And they were fantastic. The police told Ogle to get something in writing. So she went to the couple, who happened to be in Yakutat at the time, and Carla Sigler drafted an agreement, which Ogle signed. That was April of 2014. The agreement had no minimum payments and forgave the debt upon death. 
and it was completely in Carla's favor, completely contrary to what we heard Neva wanted in the tape. Months later, when the couple moved to Texas, Ogle went to an attorney and filed a lawsuit. She'd been forced to sell her home and move into an assisted living facility after she had spent much of her remaining savings on living expenses. The state of Alaska got involved when, in 2016, a bank notified them that Ogle was giving money to a scammer. State attorneys filed for a conservatorship, if nothing else, to stop the bleeding. Shortly afterward, the state found out about a private lawsuit and offered to step in as the plaintiff. The state filed civil elder fraud charges against the Siglers. A five-day bench trial was held in March, and Juno Superior Court Judge Daniel Shalley entered a final judgment against the couple on November 13th. They were ordered to pay back Ogle's $700,000 loan with interest and pay $450,000 in punitive damages, plus attorney's fees. All told, the judgment totals $1.47 million. Ogle died in 2020, while the case was still pending. Her heirs are expected to get about a million dollars of the judgment. The couple has never admitted to any wrongdoing, according to court documents. Goldstein says the case is not uncommon. We see cases all the time like this. Um, a lot of times it's family members getting the elder to sign something, a quick claim deed or a power of attorney or just, you know, loaning money under the parameters where they're never going to get paid back, ever. She says it's important for seniors and the people who care for them to learn to recognize the signs of fraud. In Petersburg, I'm Angela Denning. A man remains missing after a fishing vessel ran aground near Point Baker on Prince of Wales Island Sunday afternoon. The boat was the Randy Joe. There were two adults on the boat, a man and a woman. Both were able to escape the boat and get into a skiff and make it to a small rock island. Then both the boat and the skiff were lost. The woman spent 24 hours on the rock island with her dog before a good Samaritan vessel picked her up. Troopers say she declined medical evaluation. The man, 27-year-old Arnie Dahl of Point Baker, is still missing. He tried to swim to the next island on Sunday and was not seen again. The U.S. Coast Guard and Wrangell Search and Rescue searched the area extensively but failed to find any sign of Dahl. Tim Bunis heads the search and rescue for Wrangell's fire department. He says the search started the afternoon after the boat was lost, and they worked with Air Station Sitka helicopter to cover more shoreline. They got there just uh, shortly after our airplane got there, and then uh, our plane and the helo were able to coordinate uh, what areas that they wanted us to search. He says he's in awe that the woman survived without shelter. You know, I think it was pretty amazing that, that she was able to get through the night um, you know, it was it was fairly cool out, I think somewhere around 26 degrees and probably a little windy on that rock that she was on. Troopers say the active search and rescue ended Tuesday. If new information emerges, troopers and Coast Guard may restart further search and rescue efforts. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.